Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to Financially Speaking. You are listening to the Inspired Choices Network and I am your host, Kathy Cook Noble. And every week we come together on Financially Speaking and we tackle a different topic uh, that relates to finance. Now, it doesn't always mean when I say finance, people automatically think we're talking about individual stocks or individual funds that you're invested in. And that's not that's not actually what we do here. We break it down so that you can understand those things when you talk to your financial advisor or if you do it yourself. Uh, now, does that mean that we aren't going to talk a little bit about investments? Well, of course we are, because that's what I do all day as an advisor. And in my bookkeeping business, we talk about finance all day, every day. And that's actually where I find most of my topics, We because people will ask me, and I find I get a lot of the same questions over and over, which means there's a lot of people out there with the same questions and they need help with the answers. And our entire and sole purpose that we have here is to make sure that we break it down so that you can understand it and understand it in a way that makes sense for you and help you with whatever specific topic you have, because uh, we don't need to understand everybody else's stuff. And that was, I was so excited today because, uh, when I was watching CNBC and I like to watch that every day and then there's a few analysts that I really like to watch. And I was excited when the one analyst actually came right out and said that he goes, you don't need to understand this guy's stuff. He is a billionaire and his stuff is very different. The average American doesn't have a billion dollars. So you don't need to understand all that. You just need to understand your own stuff. So I was always, I'm always excited. The, the rare time that that comes out, because I think when people watch shows like that, they see all the, the the bigger investors, the bigger amounts of money, and and it's just a lot. To, a lot of times, it's really hard to understand or fathom that that kind of dollars, that kind of wealth. Um, when you talk about people like Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world, and you're talking hundreds of billions of dollars, like that's a concept that's just really hard to grasp for a lot of people. A million is not necessarily an easy concept, let alone a billion for people. Um, I was also excited today on uh, when I was, there was a section in Susie Orman, who I don't know, a lot of people, they might recognize, especially in the US, you'll probably recognize her, but Susie Orman is a, a financial expert and she, um, she used to have her own show on CNBC and she's still, uh, still very, very active, of course, and has written lots of books. And she said something that I say all the time here, which made me feel really excited because she said, I always tell people money has no emotions and no feelings. She went on to say money has no gender. It has uh, no preference. It has no sexuality. It has no religion. And I thought, wow, that's exactly true. Like money has nothing, nothing. <laughs> and this thing that we're putting all this value on, it has zero. It's, it's, a, it's a nothing. It's something that we put value in. And because we put value in, we put all this pressure and stress on it. So I was excited when, when she said that. She was people have to realize that, uh, the money isn't thinking the same way. And I'm like, <clears throat> yeah, that's exactly what we're always saying here, that money's not thinking about you the way you think about money. So that's what we do here on the, the network, specifically in our show, financially speaking, is we talk about all the things that are money related and how that affects our lives. Because uh, the truth be told, um, it's, 
people I hear all the time, if you make more, if you make more, if you make more, it's what you keep. It's not about what you make. It's about what you keep. I know lots of people who've made lots of money. We know lots of celebrities who've who've declared bankruptcy, you know, singers, actors, so on. Um, And they've made millions and millions of dollars just in one movie, let alone over their their year. And they still don't make it work. And it's the more you, they fall into that trap, the more you make, the more you spend, which means you're not planning well. Uh, You're still taxable on the whole amount. Uh, Willie Nelson is uh, famous for owing the IRS millions of dollars. And you think, gosh, he's a country legend. He's been around, made millions of dollars. Well, if you keep spending it, you still have to pay the tax on it, right? So just because you spent the money and you don't have it doesn't mean the tax, tax goes away. So that's the kind of stuff where I say that doesn't matter who you are. It's good planning that matters because these guys that have all this money and, and wealth that have business managers and financial advisors, they have private bankers, they deal in uh, the high net worth for the investment banking branch of things. Uh, they that aren't necessarily better off because they either don't take the advice or they get bad advice um, in the case of some of them. Yep, yeah, for sure. Or they get caught up in uh, spending, 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 spending that they're not listening to the plan or following the plan that they originally had. Um, so that's really key is to, I, I still, I'll say it again. I still believe that, uh, just understand your own stuff. You can do it. <laughs> there is never, ever going to be a day where someone's going to convince me that someone can't understand their own financial stuff. You hundred percent can. I don't care how complicated it is or how straightforward it seems or doesn't seem, uh, there is never a time when you can't understand your own financial situation. If you don't understand it, it's because someone's not explaining it to you or you haven't asked questions or maybe in my case, what I see people are afraid to ask questions because they don't want to look and feel stupid or, well, I don't want to seem like I don't want to talk about because it's my money. It's your money. Nobody cares more about your money than you do. At least they shouldn't like it. You should care the most about your money. And I, I find that that's, that's the key. Nobody should care more than you do about your financial situation, which means you should know the most about it and you certainly can understand it. And I do that every day. My goal, yeah, it's, of course, I want to see people make money and, and grow their investments and everything else. But my, my goal, and I know if I do this part right, that the rest of it comes. My goal is to say, let's make sure you understand your stuff. Let's make sure you're covered. Let's make sure you're protected. Let's make sure your money is protected and covered and we have a plan and we're following a plan because when you don't, that's when you fall apart. It's like anything else. It's like losing weight. It's like gaining weight. If you need to, it's like building body mass. It is like building a house. If you don't have a plan, then you're never going to get to where you want to be because there's no end, there's no end game. So understanding your own stuff is important. Now, tonight we're going to talk about mortgages. And I'll tell you why we picked that, because for those of you in Canada that maybe might know about this, might not know about this, um, and I'll tell you why you don't know about this if you don't, and it's not your fault, uh, but we're going to talk about mortgages tonight, some changes in Canada. Now, mortgages across the board, around the world, they mean the same thing. It's essentially a loan on your house to get a house. Now, what's the difference? We'll talk about those. And the differences are basically the same across the board around the world. So we're going to talk about different kinds of mortgages and we're going to talk about what they mean. And I I always say, and I mean it a hundred percent, please plug yourself into the network. Uh, There are a ton of shows and some fantastic 
fantastic hosts that are here to help and support you in all parts of your life. My job is the financial side. So I'm here to answer any questions, help people when they have challenges or confusions, or they've heard something that doesn't quite make sense and they need it deciphered or um, just explain differently to them because they learn differently. And that's, that's totally cool. No problem there at all. My job's the financial side. Uh, there's a lot of other hosts on the show whose job is to help on the spiritual side, the personal side, the family side, the employment side, um, the, the child rearing or the pet training side. Like there's just all kinds of opportunities. And, and I, I think it's important that we plug ourselves into the shows that need to be listened to by us because we all need something at a different time in our life. And some of us need help with our mindset. We've all been through things and some of us just need a little bit of help with our mindset and how to see things. And others need a little bit of help with how to understand their finances. And some people need a little bit of help with the relationship that they're in, or they'd like to be in, or like to be out of, and not quite sure how to handle that in a healthy way. And that's what we have here at the network. We have all the shows that help to um, guide us and have the best life that we possibly can have. And if we're missing something, cause it happens once in a while. And, and from time to time, people have these great um, ideas for shows and you might be sitting there with some great insight and, and great information and you'd be a great host. So talk to Christine, our, our network owner, and she is the, also the host of the inspired choices network. So you're always welcome to email her and, and uh, contact her through our website. And I am also um, I have to say before I go on, Christine, if you're worried about not understanding the network or being a little bit shy, you're talking to somebody who's in finance, who's always behind the scenes that's doing a show. <laughs> so there, I, I would be challenged to say there's somebody else out there that that was a little bit less skeptical than I was that I could do a show. And she is amazing. The best there is to guide you through it and help set you up. So don't be afraid to reach out and ask her. And talk to her. Conversation's free and uh, conversation can help lead you to knowledge. And that's awesome. And your sharing will also help other people. So don't forget, it's like I, I remind um, people, myself, every day, it's, it's not about me. It's not, nothing on this is about me. My day is never about me. It's about helping other people and keeping their finances on track because stress of money is one of the biggest causes of divorce and is one of the biggest causes of health issues. And it's one of the biggest causes of suicide. And there is absolutely no way that the day is about me. It's about me helping other people. And that's the same with the network. And if you're thinking that, well, I can't see the network or be on the network and I'm trying to hear, and I can't plug into the podcast or whatever that I want to hear. Oh yeah, you can, because we now have an app and it is awesome. So download the app. You, and if you have an Apple or if you have an Android, it doesn't matter because guess what? It's compatible. So all you have to do is just go into your app store or the um, wherever your, your Android app download is. And you just need to download the app, the Inspired Choices Network. You can log into the chat room on that. You can listen to all the replays if you're not listening and you can't listen live. Uh, you can certainly do that. You can also find out where we all are and contact us through that. Um, and it's absolutely free. And every so often we have contests on the air. And if you want to be part of the contest, you can do it through the apps. So download the app. You got nothing to lose and lots to gain. So let's help each other live the absolute best life we can. 
So tonight we're going to talk about something that we've talked about before in the past. We've mentioned in passing on uh, different shows and how they relate. Uh, we are going to talk about mortgages and mortgages. If you own a house, you know about mortgages. If you don't own a, own a house, but you want to own a house, you probably have heard about mortgages and mortgages are uh, it's the money that you're going to borrow from a mortgage broker or a bank or a private lender to help you buy a house. So what does that mean? That means you want to go buy a house and you just don't happen to have $300,000 in your bank account or 400,000, whatever cost the house is. And you need to make payments on that every month. So the person that is going to provide the money is the, going to be the person who holds the mortgage. And that is the person who is actually going to pay for the house and you're going to pay them back. So it's very similar to having a car loan. Uh, it's almost exactly the same in, in concept it is. Um, it's exactly the same as having a, a loan at the bank. If you went to school and you had a student loan, um, you borrowed so much money and then you paid it back after you went to school and you're making monthly payments. So a mortgage in concept is very easy to understand. And it, and it's very easy in, in principle to do because you're borrowing money. Now, what makes it complicated and, and I don't want to really say it's complicated, but what makes it a little bit more challenging is it's not just a straight, hey, I'm buying a house for $400,000. I need you to give me four hundred, dollars and then I'll pay you back X amount of dollars every month for X number of years. It's not quite that simple um, because there's a lot more pieces to the pie when it comes to mortgages. We have to talk about uh, how much is your down payment? How much are you required to have as a down payment? And what I, I mentioned earlier about people in Canada who are listening, you've probably heard, uh, depending on where you're at, you would have heard a lot, or you've probably heard very little about mortgages. Because I, I find, and uh, I'm not, this is not a politics show in any stretch, but everything that we do with finance is always connected back to politicians uh, because they're the ones that make the rules and enforce the rules. And one of the things that happens is things get slip by really quickly and you don't get a lot of news press about it. The estate administration tax was one that slipped by a few years ago, about 10 years ago. Um, huge changes to it, um, even the change in the name and did get a lot of press. And then you have the mortgage stress test that just passed and it just passed June 1st. So there's changes to how people are going to qualify for mortgages. And we're going to talk about that. So don't go anywhere. Tonight, we're talking all about mortgages. We're talking about how to, how to qualify for one. We just recently had on the show the young couple, uh, Tori and Carl, and uh, who is like my beautiful oldest daughter that uh, I had come on because uh, they, they just bought their first house. And they shared what it's like for young people to purchase their first house and some of the the uh, exciting parts and some of the challenging parts that go with it. And, and they were very lucky. They were very lucky because they had um, a pretty smooth um, transaction. And a lot of people don't have that. Like there's a, I've, I've got as probably 10 times more stories than the one on people who had not as smooth a transaction it went through, but they needed to get more information and they needed to provide more financial documents because it's not straightforward. And we're going to talk about when and where those might come into play. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I am your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and we'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. 
we're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And tonight we're talking about mortgages. We're talking about the kinds of mortgages. We're talking uh, how you get them, what 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 you might want to look for and questions you might want to ask. Um, and before we went to break, I just mentioned that uh, not all loans are created equal and mortgages is no exception of that. So mortgage is like a loan. You're it is it is a loan. You're borrowing money to buy an asset that you don't have full funds for, and you're going to pay it back over time. And the time is determined between you and the lender. Um, now I say that, but the reality is it's determined by the lender because you might have some different options depending on how much you have as a down payment, which we'll talk about. But for the most part, the um, especially first time home buyers and and the average Canadian and American and, and I would hazard to say the average person that's buying a house anywhere in this world, um, they probably fall into the same category where you are going to be told what you need to do for your mortgage. So let's start with um, the different kinds of mortgages. So you can have a traditional mortgage, which is 100% of the amount that you're borrowing is set at a certain interest rate for a certain number of years, and it is locked in. So it does not change. So there's no surprises for you. You're paying $1,000 a month for your mortgage, and in 25 years, um, it's paid off, and every year, every five years, typically every five years, it renews, and at that time, you can either plunk a big chunk of money down on it to lower the amount, or you can uh, just renew it and carry on if everything stays intact, like your credit and so forth. Um, one of the, the other, one uh, of the traditional mortgage um, bonuses, I suppose you could call it, is on the anniversary date. So let's pretend we bought a house February the 1st. Then every February 1st, we might have that opportunity to knock down a portion of the principal because we can put down a chunk of money on it so that we pay less interest. So with a traditional mortgage, 
your heavy interest on the beginning and it it lowers itself down towards the end. So what does that mean? That means as you start paying your mortgage of $1,000 a month, 800 of that might be interest and 200 of that might be principal. And that will carry on. And, and it, it's an it's called an amortization schedule. And it calculates every month how much is principal, how much is interest until you get down to your 25. And then of that year 25, probably 900 is principal and $100 is interest because it's flipped that much because you paid the interest. So the interest gets calculated in total. So it'll say, for example, you're going to pay this much amount, $30,000 in interest, for example. That gets calculated and paid up as a heavier portion of your monthly payment. So a lot of people don't realize that. They think, how come I haven't paid much down on my mortgage on the principal? Well, it's because it's interest heavy on the beginning. And that's for traditional mortgages that most people are familiar with. Now, there's a lot of variables that you can get into. Um, they are options, like, for example, a variable mortgage, where the amount will change based on the Bank of Canada rate, prime rate. So you might have it fixed to say it's a, um, you might have it set, not fixed, sorry. You might have it set to be a variable rate. And that that rate can change, just like the word says, variable. It can change over time, depending on, um, how many years you have it set for, and if it's connected to the prime rate, which it probably is, you can have it fixed and you can say, okay, my rate's going to be fixed. So there's not going to be any surprises for me. It's going to always be 3%. Okay. So now, you know, fixed, it's always the same. It's not going to change no matter what with the prime rate. Now there's pros and cons to each of them. And it depends on a lot of things. It depends on your risk. It's like anything else in investments. It's your risk. What's your risk profile? Well, are you one of these people that prefers to have a consistent, I know exactly what it's going to be for the next 25 years. And this is my interest. Then you can get the fixed rate. And it's going to be very obvious that that's going to be your payment amount. If you're somebody who's, who looks at the numbers and says, you know what, over the long term, the variable rate actually doesn't uh, increase more than the fixed rate. So over the long term, the variable rate smooths out the average. And I'm okay with this month. I, you know, this year it might be $1,000 a month. Next year might be 980. The year after interest rates might go up to 1150. And your rate could change a little bit if that's how you have it set up. It's a lot to do with your comfort level. It's also a lot to do with what you qualify for. So there's another kind of mortgage that a lot of people don't talk about. And depending on where you go, uh, various banks or private lenders, they call it by a different name. And it's a home equity line of credit. It's called a HELOC. It stands for home equity line of credit. Depending on the bank, it's, it stands for other things. Um, you've heard about uh, Manulife One. You see the ads. That's a home equity line of credit. Um, you've heard about home lines. That's a home equity line of credit. So what that is, a line of credit is I have a, a, an amount of money that I can access if I need to access it. And if I do access it, then I pay interest on it. But if I don't access it, I don't pay interest on it. So if you have a line of credit, personal line of credit right now at the bank for $20,000, you're not paying anything for it. Now, if you go and you write on that line of credit $1,000 uh, withdrawal, then you're going to pay interest on $1,000. And you will pay interest on whatever amount of money is owing every month. So if you pay it down to $500, you're going to pay interest on $500. And then when you pay it off, you're going to pay no interest. It's that simple. So 
it sounds good, right? And there's some people that I will share this with and some people I won't. And I'll tell you why. Because again, it comes down to discipline and it comes down to risk. So if you are even slightly inclined to be one of the people that if I have money in my account, I'm spending it, then you should not have a line of credit in my opinion. Because a home equity line of credit is a great big line of credit. So if you borrowed, um, say you have a $400,000 house and let's pretend you have to have you have $100,000 as a down payment, then $300,000 is what you're going to be borrowing. So as you pay it down, that money still stays in place. So now you've paid every month, you pay, you know, $1,000 or whatever the case is, you're only paying the interest on the 300,000. And then as you pay more down and you pay more down, now you're paying your, now let's say your mortgage, your line of credit shows it's at 280,000. Well, you still have $20,000 you could draw on. And if you're that kind of person where you're like, geez, I got $20,000 I can access. I'm going to go buy a new car. I'm going to go buy a boat. I'm going to go buy a jet ski, or I'm going to go buy new shoes. or I'm going to take a trip that I hadn't planned on or or budgeted for. These are all things where I I tell people um, we have to have a conversation first to figure out what kind of investor, what kind of risk tolerance you are, what kind of spender you are. Because if you are a spender, then you have to be very careful with the home equity line of credit. And I've had people tell me, um, I can't control myself. When there's money in the bank, I spend it. So guess what? Those are, they're not the ones that really want to have that. Uh, now, there's also something called a hybrid. And a hybrid is just like what you think of when you think of a hybrid car. It's part fuel and part electric or um that's what it is. That's the same thing with a mortgage. It's part traditional and it's part line of credit. So with a hybrid, you can say, all right, I'm going to take out of my $300,000 loan, $300,000 mortgage, I'm going to lock in $150,000. So that's going to be my traditional mortgage. So I'm going to take a traditional mortgage on $150,000 and that every for five years, that's going to be locked in at 2%. And in five years, when it goes to renew, we'll reevaluate it then. The other 150, we're going to say is a line of credit because you might get a bonus at work and say, I can chunk down a big uh, amount of money there. Uh, You might get um, a birthday, you might get inheritance, you might get some kind of money, or you just might realize that you have extra money left over at the end of the month. So I can plunk some money down if that's what you want to do. So at that point, you think, um, why would I do all that? Well, it's about the interest. How much interest are you going to save versus how much are you going to spend on each program? So a traditional mortgage, I will tell you, I don't care how you work it out. I have yet to see that the traditional mortgage doesn't accumulate more interest. So in the Manulife one, for example, I'm sure we've, because they're the biggest promoter of that product, because that's what they do. And in their commercials, they have all these little things popping up over people's heads saying, my Manulife, my Manulife one number, my Manu one number is 35,000 or 26,000 or 10,000. That's how much interest they saved. So if you had taken a traditional mortgage and compared it to a line of credit like theirs, you would have saved that amount of money in interest. Now, that's not taking into account refinancing. It's not taking into account running up your line of credit and all that stuff. That is saying, dollar for dollar, if I spent $1,000 a month paying down this mortgage, and I spent $1,000 a month 
paying down my line of credit mortgage, I would have saved over the 20 years or 25 years, whatever it is, a certain amount of interest. So you're going to figure out and you might get help um, with figuring it out, saying, okay, how much interest am I going to pay? And they'll, they'll tell you, like you get the, you can look at the amortization. It'll say principal interest total. You can look at it and say, okay, I'm going to end up paying this big chunk of, of interest um, over the term of the 25 years. Or I look at a home equity line of credit. And if I keep paying that same amount every month, I'm going to pay less interest. So the first thing in a mortgage we want to do is decide what we qualify for and what kind of mortgage we're best suited for. And then we can start to shop and say, okay, now where do we get it from? So we now know the differences that we're going to be considering. We're going to be considering a traditional, a straight home equity line of credit, or a combination of the two, which is some kind of hybrid. So that's great. Now we know that that's basically our choices. Now we have to qualify. What does that mean? Qualify means somebody has to like us. Somebody has to say, yes, I will give you money so you can buy a house. That's what it means. We need somebody to say, I will take you on. I think you're a good risk. And if you default on your loan, then I'm going to take your house if you don't pay for it. That's really what we're saying. So, okay, now we know the different kinds of mortgages that we're going to be looking for. Now we're going to figure out what do we qualify for? Because it's not just about, okay, you found somebody who likes you and it's going to give you money, but how much are they going to give you? So they're going to say, based on your financial situation, based on your job, based on um, your credit score, which we're going to talk about after the next break. When, when we look at everything and we talk to you, we put a story together and see how things are going. We're prepared to loan you this much money. And you're going to say, oh, well, you're going to give me 400000 but I want seven hundred because I want to live in a bigger house. And they're going to say, you're going to need more money of your own because we're only going to give you four hundred. So that's what we need to know how much we qualify for so that we're not looking for a house at seven or eight or nine hundred thousand dollars. When we can't buy that, we can only buy a house where we're going to only get a four hundred thousand dollar mortgage. So. Go take an aspirin <laughs> if you need one. Uh, I'm hoping that we're breaking it down so it's a little bit easier for everybody and, and we're not complicating it. But we're going to come back after the break and we're going to talk about how you qualify, what lenders are looking for. And we're going to um, also explain a little bit more about credit scores and how they matter. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and we'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.
Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator, Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspireChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at BookKeepPlus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspire Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and tonight we are talking all things mortgages. So we've talked about the different kinds, and we've talked about uh, different reasons we might choose different kinds of mortgages that suit us best. Um, but now I want to talk to you about how we qualify. So we've decided we're going to buy a house. Um, we're we're going to go look at houses, but we don't know what price bracket we should be looking at. So we want to talk to somebody and say, how much should I or could I spend? The should I is a different question because what happens is somebody, you're going to go into a mortgage broker and they're not just banks. Like there's a lot of great mortgage brokers um, that are independent that are able to look across the board at various different lenders and say, um, we can get you qualified here. Now, a bank usually only deals with one lender and that's them. This is the difference between lenders because there's a difference between mortgages, we also have a difference between lenders. There are prime lenders, which are the A, the A game. So these are the people that will take, we're gonna lend money and we're gonna, these, all these interest rates you're hearing about that are 2%, 1.78 uh, 1.6, and all these interest rates you're hearing about right now, those are the A game people. They're the, they're the A lenders. They're the ones that are, you've got a great credit, you've got great credit history, you, you make a lot of money, you've got financial stability, you owe very little in debt, which we'll talk about your debt ratio. Um, you were going to lend money to, no problem. And we're going to say, based on all these factors, we're prepared to lend you $400,000 at this interest rate. And you're like, right on. Now I'm going to go out and I'm going to look for a house knowing full well that I can get a $400,000 mortgage. So if I look at a $500,000 house, I need to come up with $100,000 of my own money. So we're like, okay, now we know. Now we go in and maybe we're a B lender. So we don't have great credit. Um, maybe we haven't been in our job as long or maybe we're self-employed and it's harder to show a stable income. 
Um, maybe we have a little bit, maybe we have a loan from a car or something else. So our debt ratio is not perfect um, or, or in that sweet spot. So we might get something, somebody called a B lender and or there's a difference with B lenders and there's subprime lenders, which I'll mention to you. So a B lender might come along and say, you know what, I'm willing to take a chance, but because you're a higher risk, you're not going to get that 1.78% or 2%. You're going to pay 3.1. Maybe you pay four, maybe you pay three and a half, depending on where you fall. Maybe you pay eight. Now, if you're going with a private this is typically what you'll see. If you have to get a private loan or private lender, a private lender could be a sub subprime lending. That means your credit is not good and nobody's going to give you this money um, in a A or B category. Or you might have a lot of debt you're carrying or you've had a bankruptcy or some other financial challenges. So you might get a private lender who's going to say, and again, mortgage brokers help can help with all this for sure. So you might get a private lender and they say, we're going to give you the money for the house, but you're going to pay 12%. And if you, if you notice the difference is the amount of interest. So they're going to pay, they're going to give you the 400,000, but you're going to pay 12%. So if you go and buy a house for 500, and you put $100,000 down, which as a side note, I'm going to tell you, you probably don't have if you're getting a private lender. But let's say you do, you go and get $100,000, you put down, now you have a $400,000 loan with a private lender, you pay 12%. Now, if that were just the end of the story, we also have to take into account at these various levels, like the great credit on an A lender versus a B lender versus a private lender and anything else that might be in between, you know, for lending a second mortgage. And I'll tell you that in a sec. But um, one of the things that we're looking at is not just the interest rate. It's also your cost associated with it. So normally what would happen is on an A rate rating is you don't pay the broker or the person who's doing the mortgage to set it up. It gets a commission paid by the company. And you typically... It, depending on the company, might not pay the appraisal for the house. They A lot of the times they'll absorb it. But when you move down that scale, you are paying for fees for a private lender. You are paying the legal fees to register the, the mortgage on title. You are paying for these fees that not all the time you would have to pay for if you're on the A lender side. So you have to also remember what are going to be your costs to set up the mortgage. These are all things that we need to know because we have to pay for them. Now, I'm gonna just talk real briefly about second mortgages because that's not really what we're gonna to do tonight, but a second mortgage is if you could only get $400,000, for example, on this house, and you needed another $30,000 that you didn't have, you might get somebody to do a, a second mortgage on it, which means you're gonna pay a lot more in interest, typically, and that means there's going to be two people registered on title to the house. So if anything happens to you, these people get paid out first. But the person that's on the second mortgage is in a riskier position. So he or she will get paid a higher rate of interest. Now, you're going to have to register their name. You're going to pay the legal fees. It's all done. There's a lot of paperwork that shuffles around to get done. Um, but that's basically how a second mortgage works. Um, now, one of the things that... 
uh, we also want to look at is, and I am not getting into a lot of this tonight either. This is something that I'm not, uh, not a huge fan of, and it's mortgage insurance. And I'll tell you why, because I see mortgage, every, I do insurance every day in my practice. I see it. Um, you want to be really careful when you're being asked and, and it's required by law for a lot of the brokers to ask you here in Canada about mortgage insurance. That's, you think it sounds in principle, it sounds good. It's insuring your mortgage. So if anything ever happens to you, your mortgage is paid out. Just make sure you read the small print because in a lot of cases, a mortgage insurance plan that gets put on your pol- that gets put on your mortgage, it's either underwritten after death, which means you might not qualify for it, but you won't know that because you're dead and then it will be denied to your family. Um, it's not transferable, which means if you sell your house and decide to move someplace else, you have to start the process all over again. So if you ever had any health changes, you run the risk of now not qualifying to get insurance for it. Um, there's there's a lot of things you want to look at. It's, it, the other thing, that, the, another big thing is it's probably going to be a level paying, which means you say it, pay the same amount every month. So you're going to pay 50 bucks a month or 30 bucks a month, whatever it is for this mortgage insurance, but it's a decreasing coverage amount. So instead of being covered for 400 this year, it's only going to cover, you're only going to owe 380, but you're still going to be paying the same $50 a month. So by the time you've hit year 20, you might only owe 150,000, but you're still paying $50 a month. And then that money gets paid out to the, the lender, not your family member. So you're not designating a beneficiary on it. So there's a, there's a bunch of things to look for with that. Uh, there's options to that. And a, and a, a simple option I'll give you as a, as an idea is a term life policy. So go, if you qualify, go get life insurance on yourself for term 25 or term 20, whatever the term is for your mortgage, say, get it for 400,000. You always have it for 400,000. And if something happens to you, 400,000 gets paid to your spouse or your partner or your children or whoever you're going to leave it to. And they can then pay off the mortgage. So if in year 20, it's only 150,000 left and they got $400,000, then they can pay off $150,000 and put $250,000 in their pocket. These are all concepts and strategies and ideas I would encourage you to talk to with your mortgage broker, your insurance advisor, financial advisor, if you have one, because uh, once again, like everything else I talk about, everything is about you, your specific situation, what makes the most sense. So you want to make sure, again, it comes down to qualifying. So those are some of the things we're going to look at. Now, some questions that people uh, especially home first time home buyers and and I, I'm gonna quote mostly Canadian, but it is basically the same. Everybody has the same questions and concerns. But first time home buyers, there's about eighty five percent in Canada of the first time home buyers, um, and there's sixty eight percent of repeat home buyers, <laughs> if you will. Uh, they spent the maximum price that they could qualify for. So what does that mean? Well, remember we just talked about what can we qualify for? We qualified for 400,000. So most people, they're buying a house, that's the max. So that means I might qualify for 400,000, but that doesn't mean I have to buy a house for 400,000. That could be, well, I'm gonna buy a house for 350. I don't have to buy a house for 400 just because I qualified for that. And this, the statistics say that most people are getting, living at the end of the max. So that means you are, potentially very, very tight on your budget. If that's what you can afford and you're right at the maximum, then you don't have a lot of wiggle room when it comes to any financial issues. So keep in mind how much you're prepared 
to spend, not just how much you're qualified to spend. There is a big difference. Um, now, buying a house, probably the biggest financial decision you're going to make. It's probably the biggest asset you're going to own and it's probably the biggest payment you're going to make. So take your time to understand what it is you want and how you want to structure it. Some of the questions and most of these, most people ask these questions are, am I financially stable? So uh, am I safe to buy this house? Am I able to make my payments? Um, do I have the financial management skills and discipline to handle this larger purchase? So if you're one of these people that I mentioned about the home equity line of credit, and there's nothing wrong with it, I give you a lot of kudos. If you're one of these people and you can acknowledge that I just can't control myself when it's spending, then good for you. Because the people who don't acknowledge that or are afraid to admit it, they're the ones that get in trouble. But if you're one of those people that says, I just can't have a line of credit because I will max it out every day of the week. Fantastic. Now we know. So that's not the path that you want to go down. Um, the other question you want is, am I ready? And am I able to take responsibility for all the costs that come with being a homeowner? Because the mortgage is just one cost. When you're the homeowner, you don't, there's nobody to call. There's no landlord. If the roof leaks or if the light switch doesn't work, or if a bulb burns out, or if a tile gets something dropped on and uh, has a burn hole in the, the tile, or if the countertop gets damaged, there's nobody to call but yourself. It's you and your family. That's it. So you are responsible now if the furnace needs to be replaced or the air conditioning doesn't work or the windows rotting out then, or if something needs painting and maybe everything's just wonderful, but you've been there for 10 years and you want to change the color, you paint it and you pay for it. So am I prepared? for all the costs that are going to come with owning this house. So there's a lot, honestly, it's like anything else. When I tell you the money's the easy part, you're going to figure out how much it costs. What do you qualify for? Um, what kind of mortgage you're going to get, whether or not you have, you know, mortgage insurance or whatever the case is. Um, and they, you have to figure out, you have to work into your planning. Okay. It's just like only a car, right? I have to work. I don't just buy the car and not get oil changes. So I have to factor in oil changes. So now I have to factor in, you know, maybe a maintenance for my house. And I set that aside every month in a special account. And maybe I use it and maybe I don't. And if I don't, no problem. And if I do, because I have it, I need it, I have it. So hopefully I haven't overwhelmed you completely because we got a few more minutes left. I'm going to take the final break of the night and we'll come back and we'll just talk a little bit about some of the new changes that came out. Um, because now that we've got it all figured out, we got to, we got to relearn a few things for qualifying that came out June 1st in Canada. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and we'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.
This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator, Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspirechoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, and we have been talking about mortgages. I am going to share with you a little bit about some of the changes in Canada here. I'm uh, Right now, I'm sitting in Ontario, and specifically Ontario and British Columbia, which is way out on the west coast of Canada, um, had a huge growth in mortgages in this last year, so 2020. Uh, and still, it's still strong, the mortgage and uh, housing market. Uh, what does that mean, though? That means that, and this is, you remember I said a billion dollars is hard to grab, wrap, wrap your head around? We'll try three trillion or just over two trillion. So much of the consumer debt that grew in the last year or so, there was about $2.08 trillion. It was up 4.78% in uh, the first quarter of 2020. And the reason is that because mortgage rates have been very low and people get all excited about that. And, and I understand that they're gonna go out and buy a house and, and qualify for a low mortgage rate. Now, uh, what happened in the new, the new mortgage or the, the biggest mortgage growth between British Columbia and Ontario, British Columbia grew about 59.2% in volume. And Ontario was about 44.3. So there's a lot of growth happening with the housing. Um, now, low interest rates was a big contributor to that, big motivator for people. And whatever, what else happened was on June the 1st this year, so just not that long ago, the Office of the Superintendent of Financial Institutions introduced new guidelines for qualifying for mortgage rates. So the big one that you might hear about or be confused about is that uh, mortgages at a contracted rate plus two percentage points or 5.2%, whichever is higher, that's where you have to qualify. And the intent of this is to slow down the market. This is what the um, Office of the Superintendent of Financial Institutions is trying to do. So the government is trying to slow down the market. Um, and they're trying to force home buyers or potential home buyers now to save more money for a down payment because they don't, won't have any wiggle room if the market, if anything changes in the market and interest rates go up, which um, in my opinion, it's bound to happen because <laughs> here we are, you know, we don't carry on forever in this kind of environment. So when the mortgage rates just change a little bit and people go to renew their mortgages in four or five years, it's going to be very tight because a lot of these people went with the maximum that they're allowed to um, qualify for, and they don't have a lot of room left to pay more. So that's, that's a big intention of what they're trying to do is to slow it down and make sure that you qualify, make it harder to qualify so that you have the wiggle room when the mortgage rates change. So if you qualify for 5.25%, then you can easily handle two or 3% because that means you have more money in your pocket. Um, so this hopefully will also help the saying they want it to help with the debt level because debt level for mortgages has increased over $2 trillion, which is a, a lot of money. That's uh, a lot of individuals now carrying a lot of uh, mortgage debt. So the average consumer debt, not including your mortgage, now this is kind of where you look at the numbers, and you're like, oh, wow. So the average consumer debt actually dropped to about, in Canada, it's about $20,430 or 4.2% year over year. So they're saying when you take the mortgages out, consumer debt actually went down 
But when you add the mortgages in, consumer debt went way up. So now we ha- they're wanting to look at, make sure we don't have an issue with consumer debt. Because that could, we've had that in the past where it's, it's hurt financial markets with too much consumer debt. So some of the changes that they, that was actually a big change that they made was the qualifying change. Um, but before you panic about your mortgage and the payments, um, you want to make sure that you check and you qualify at the debt levels that, uh, and when I say debt level, it's how much money you owe, how much money that um, you have available. So your debt ratio is what they're going to look at to say, how much debt do you have in relation to how much you you could. So if you have five credit cards that each have $5,000 on it, that's $25,000 of debt that you could potentially have. So they're going to look at your debt ratio when they figure out qualifying for a mortgage. Those are some, uh, I hope, helpful tips on just understanding the differences between the mortgages and starting to ask questions. Because like any financial decision, it's really about the questions and getting the answers so you can understand it. There's no question about it. And in my mind, uh, I have all the confidence in the world that every single person can understand their own mortgage, their own bank fees, their own investments, um, their own kids' education, whatever the case is. Um, the key is not to be afraid to ask questions and find the answers. So there's different kinds of mortgages. Don't be afraid to find out which is best for you. And a very big way to figure that out is to know yourself and to be honest with yourself and say, what can you realistically handle in terms of payments? What are you really like as a spender? Um, and, and don't be afraid to say, I don't have to have the maximum of what I qualify for. There's no, there's no uh, reward for you maxing out whatever it is your ability to lend is or borrow is. So I would say, if you can, don't do that actually you're in you're better off not to max out the the amount that you can qualify for if you qualify for 500 there is nothing wrong with only spending four or 425 so just keep those things in mind every week we will tackle another topic next week we have a very very special guest who's going to be joining us uh brent uh bash as we call him um he will be here in the live to talk to us about mindset and uh, how important that is for our health and our financial future and, and really our overall future. So join us every Monday live and in the replay on the app here on the Inspired Place. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook-Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.